All right, we are incredibly lucky to welcome on to Ed's Not Dead, Mr. Troy Body. Guys, you know Troy, right? Yeah. Okay. Troy is currently the director of equity initiatives in the Montgomery County Public Schools in Maryland. Troy began his career as a reading teacher, staff development teacher, and assistant principal. And he was also an elementary school principal prior to his current role as director. Uh, his the, the purpose of his job is to support and collaborate with schools to address equity and cultural competence in the 17th largest school district in the United States. Uh, Troy leads a team that helps schools and offices address structural barriers that enable the racial achievement gap to persist. So once again, we are psyched to have Troy on the show. Troy, Mr. Siddons is going to kick us off with the first question. Go ahead, Casey. In your position, you probably go in and out of schools all the time. What are what are three what are three or so look fors that you initially key in on when you walk into a school that says that this school has uh basically high expectations for all kids? So, I look for a school who looks who talks about kids um kids potential as opposed to deficits and what all the things they don't have that the school expects them to have. And, and, the, and the truth is all kids bring background knowledge and, and um, their identities to school. It's just that we're not organized necessarily to appreciate Amen. what everybody brings. Yeah. And then the other thing is they hold not only the kids to high expectations, but the staff holds themselves to high expectations, you know, but the really skillful teacher are those teachers who state, I have high expectations. I'm going to show you how to get there. It's funny. You brought up a couple points that I just want to kind of highlight. So about kids having um, the potential and talking about the potential that kids have and not the deficit. So a couple of weeks ago, we spoke with Curtis Linton and that was definitely right. one of the points that he brought up and really hammered home for me at least was, um, equity is inherently positive and it's not a it's not a deficit thinking it's not a negative way of thinking of what kids don't have it's all about what they do have um so on that sort of same tip and i want you to kind of zoom out here so curtis linton also talked about and this was his own just personal experience he called it his his identity crisis i believe or his crisis of faith perhaps right was that he's seen a lot of individual schools um, do the work in terms of not just the equity work, but in, in achieving equitable outcomes. And he was right. able to point out to some small, some small school systems, you know, they, that are like your one high school type feeder systems um, that are also doing great work with equitable outcomes. But he's having trouble finding large school systems um, where they can and they have created the equitable outcomes. And not that they're not doing the work, not that they're not trying. Right. Um, but right. just the end result and the outcomes have, have not gotten there yet. So amongst all that rambling, um, <laughs> here's the question. So I'm still following you, though. Uh, hey, you said a huh. So I was like, yeah, he's with me. <laughs> so how does an entire um, system of schools move their practice toward more equitable outcomes? So how do you go from this is the idea, this is the work to, to the end result that we're all all striving for? Part of this way, I was explaining to my staff the other week. So a lot of times we talk about having the end in mind. And, and we create these learning progressions that, that kind of represent a straight line. And so 
we, if we do this and then we do this and then we do this, we'll get to whatever the end in mind was. In this case, you know, equitable outcomes for kids. Mm-hmm. But equity doesn't work like that. So everybody starts at a different place. So if we break it down to, um, I like to break the work down on a couple different levels. So you got your personal work. So what are the opportunities that, you know, system is creating for people to develop their equity literacy, to become aware or, or to become woke? You know, some schools are still talking about multiculturalism, which is like so 1970. Mr. Body, you and I, you and I taught in multicultural schools. That was our thing, right? In the 90s? Exactly. Exactly. You know. <laughs> All right. And hold so, on. Hold, let me know. let me let me take you off on a tangent because you you brought up something, yeah. and I know, you, and I apologize, but. All right, so no. that's that's part of the deal that that I feel like I run into, and and I might have asked this to Curtis Linton too. I don't know, but so doing the deep work and the deep reflections versus the lip service of what you think I want to hear, like you know, how right. do you how do you tell the difference? There's this concept of discourse one and discourse two. Mm. So in discourse one, we maintain the status quo. We complain about time. We blame other people for whatever the problem is. Um, you know, we come up with a really technical and quick solution. What equity requires us to do is um, to, to bring in multiple perspectives because there are a lot of perspectives that, you know, when we design and develop schools and organize schools and think about that are missing from the table. What do we need to create to fill this space? that will create better outcomes for kids and their families. What is it that we're missing? So being self-reflective. So part of it is asking the right questions. Again, is this work is about student outcomes right. and their well-being. Yep. And so, again, we're not doing this just, just to feel good. And, 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 you know, we have a lot of equity warriors who are, you know, down for the cause. But then the teacher next door is not on board. So it's not only us growing as, as, as you know individuals, but then we got to take what we know, what we know is the right work to do, the work that's going to really make a difference, and we got to do it together. All right, so that um, that leads us to our next question, and this is our last big question, Troy. Before we before we hit you with the rapid fire round <laughs> and put you on the hot seat, so. I know that you probably get requests to work with schools, and I'm going to give you a scenario here. A school with uh, a, a population of kids of color that are the minority in the school um, and an overall, let's say, high SES population um, and a staff that largely reflects the dominant culture. So you get a call from a principal who needs to know where they begin with equity work, especially when he or she knows that many teachers on the staff are going to do what I call identify out or will or will be largely passive in the process. How do you what do you say to that principal about where to begin? The first thing I want you to do is I want you to think about what would it look like in your school? when you have achieved equitable outcomes for kids. Mm-hmm. And then I want you to walk back. So what is it, what's that work that needs to be done? Mm-hmm. And so it's that vision. It's putting processes in place to help people move toward that goal you're trying to um, achieve. And you need to be clear about what you're trying to achieve. 
Um, and you can't do everything at once because that's the other thing people want to do. They just want to do it all at once. It's not going to happen that way. But being really strategic um, about where you enter and how you push, and eventually those beliefs will fall into place. Thank, so, thank you. Okay, rapid fire round. Are you starting us off, Casey? <laughs> uh, I am. Okay. All right, Troy, you ready? So, just, just to clarify, yeah. we have not shown. I don't think we sent these to Troy. We did right? not. We did not. All, All right. right. So we're gonna we put some ridiculous statements out there as fact, uh-huh. and then you're gonna have like twenty to thirty should, seconds should, to refute them immediately. Should like on the on the late night talk show, should we give Troy one pass where he <laughs> where he gets to say I I don't want to answer that one. You could get you can have one pass. Okay, yeah, you got so here, one. You got one pass. We we came up with this. We we like to be contrarian. We like to come, have arguments with each other and challenge each other. So these are statements that either we've heard or or something similar to what we've heard in schools. And yeah. if you when you respond, sometimes it's good to respond with a question. Some you know when you ask people, right. what, you know, where are you coming from with that? So maybe if you right. if you've heard it before, you come up with the question or something you'd say as as quickly as you can. So the first, right. are you ready for the first one? Let's do it. Okay, just just again, this is not what we are saying. This is not what we yeah, believe. Yeah, just for the record, uh, we, don't, we don't believe any of for these the things. listeners too. Okay, all right. uh, first one: when you don't allow kids to fail, you don't teach them responsibility. <laughs> or the only way to teach kids responsibility is to let them fail. I guess would be the, oh, the other way. Yeah, yeah you reversed it. it. Okay. okay, yeah, that's better. That's better. I just think about that. The first way you phrase it. Part of being responsible, you know, is making mistakes and figuring out how to grow from that. So, so I want you to just think about something that, you know, that was, that you learned how to do, um, that was difficult for you. Were you allowed to fail? You know, when was the first time you, you know, recognize, you know, that you didn't do something well and how did you deal with that? I like that. Oh, that's good. Troy, we are raising a generation of students who don't know how to work hard because they are allowed to make up work until they get it right. So, in your role as an educator, whose responsibility (laughs) is it to make sure that kids get it? Because I'm not, you know, I'm just wondering, you know, know, we want, uh, as a teacher, most teachers take pride in, in, in making sure, you know, and reflecting on how their kids have grown by the end of the year. So don't you want your kids to demonstrate that they understood all that, you know, effort you put into teaching this lesson or this concept? Um, don't you want them to leave understanding it? That was skillful, Troy. Awesome. I, I okay. so I, I. It was so good. We have one more. <laughs> I, I actually wanted to. Pu- I'm okay. pushing to have one more. So okay. here, here we go. So Troy, you know, I, I'm colorblind. I treat all my students the same, regardless of their race. I don't care what color mm-hmm. they are. If they're mm-hmm. if they're green, brown, yellow, blue, it doesn't matter to me. Okay. So a couple things. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> do you see the difference between gender in your classroom? Ooh, okay, that's a tough one. All right, go ahead. Do you <laughs> see me? It's standing in front of you. I'm obviously, a, if I were standing in front of you, you <laughs> obviously see that I'm a black man. So for you not to see that takes out part of who I am. It strips me of my identity. I'm not just some blank slate. Wow. This black skin that I'm in, has you know meaning for me 
And there's a story behind this and, and experiences that I've had because of the skin I'm in that you might learn from. Powerful. Yeah. All right, Troy. Um, before we sign off, I, I, I just want to ask you, for our listeners, if you, if you had to recommend um, anything for them to watch or read that has moved you in any way recently or over the last couple of years, what, what, would you, what would you suggest for our listeners that they should, they should check into? Uh, 13 on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so when we think about, again, that whole idea of opportunity and access and really how the system sometimes is set up against some of us okay. and work for us. Um, Harvest of Empire is this great movie um, that really talks about the Latino experience in the United States. It's really powerful, you know, with all the talk about DACA and immigration. You know, most of the story, most of the first time I saw it, I was angry because no one ever taught me any of this. Wow. Okay, that's great. All right. All right, Troy. Well, on behalf of Peter and Casey, right, boys? Thank you. Thanks. Um, this has been amazing. We're, we're really appreciative that you agreed to come on to Ed's Not Dead as a guest and we, uh, we're going to get you back on the show in the future, okay? Absolutely. I'm here. All right. Thanks, Thanks Troy. Troy. Have Thank a good you. one. All right. Thank you, guys. Take care. That was a really, uh, that was a really awesome interview. That, I'm so glad he was, he was able to join us. That was an awesome interview. Um, so one of the things that really jumped out at me that I had never thought of before is hit the concept of equity – uh, or fostering equity, developing equity in schools as a nonlinear process yeah. that um, that the journey is going to starts. Yeah, and that it's going to that you're going to you're going to hop all over the place. It's not going to go from point A to point Z, and that you know naturally, I think that says to me that at times you're probably going to get lost in the process and that it's, it's, you know, you're going to have to find your, your bearings at times as a staff, as a leader of equity in a school. Um, so that really, that really hit home to me. I, and I, I also, pre- I appreciate it. And I want to know more about how do you go on the, the journey, if you will, of equity. If you're, if you're feeling alone, I guess when, when you talked about being a, t- if you're a teacher, it was an excellent teacher and you're, you have those equitable outcomes in your class and you have a safe space for kids to learn, but yet you you may be surrounded by teachers or maybe just one teacher next door to you who who is actively creates a toxic environment or, or maybe just a mediocre environment. I, I, that troubles me because I think that it's something that we don't focus on enough. Right. Whose responsibility is that? I, I think it's on I think it's on the teachers. Are you your brother's keeper? Well, no, I think we need to stand up and and call out people when we feel like things are not in the right. Yeah. And and teachers, you, you can't just go and tell your administrator that something's going wrong. Teachers need to call out other teachers, whether it's with gender stuff or equity issues in the school. It needs to be called out by their peers, mm-hmm. right? And it's not just calling out; it's modeling for them. It's, it's trying, modeling. It's yeah. trying to support them. It's not the blame game, but yeah, but, it's but trying if, to show them other right. ways to do things. But if you're in the teacher's lounge and things are being said that right. are, are clearly inappropriate, right. it needs to be called out. It's not an easy thing to do. You tell them to shut up and embarrass them publicly, <laughs> right? Yes, I'm just you kidding. shame them in front of all their friends. <laughs> exactly. I know. I'm just kidding. Shame is powerful. <laughs> What'd you get, Mr. Krabs? Um, 
the the bit he talked about um, staff holding themselves to high expectations. Um, so it's not just saying, "Oh, I have high expectations for myself, the and buzzwords. for my kids," and yeah. Oh, so but that you show kids how to get there yeah. too. Um, and you know that high expectations isn't well. I taught it. Nice <laughs> job, well done. You know that when they don't get it, that you you show them. In, in I mean, it sounds stupid, but you teach them, um, yeah. and that they're learning that are not learning. That yeah, there's a million other factors involved. You know, it's a human game, but it's still your job to hold yourself to that standard mm-hmm. of I'm gonna I'm gonna keep at it until until they get it. I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna try that. You know, and really be persistent about um, about working with kids until until they get it, whatever that it is. You know, what else? Anything else? I mean, it was an amazing interview. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed talking to him. It's, we, it's good stuff. We could have talked to him all night. All right, well, we're going to get Troy, Mr. Body, back on the show uh, as we continue our equity series in the future. Once again, thanks to Troy Body for joining Ed's Not Dead.